Heavenly Father, we ask you for your help this morning. I do want to be a blessing. I do want to be a help. I do want to be an encouragement. And so I pray that you would help me to be a help through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. I don't think it needs to be said that uh, I am very dedicated to sola scriptura, but some are suggesting that a sixth sole should be added, sola or solus spiritus, as you can see that I wrote up here <laughs> in very lovely script. And I, I tend to agree. I think it is, a, I think it is something that need, we need to be reminded of. Let me say right off the bat something that I think needs to be ingrained in us and needs to particularly be important as we go through the lesson today, that pursuing truth is like driving down a narrow road with ditches on both sides. Both sides. And that's kind of what was happening this morning, Silas, that folks were just, people get concerned, don't want to fall off one side or the other. And uh, that's kind of what that was. And uh, you have to sometimes, we all do as brothers and sisters in the Lord, we have to say, I don't think I'm off this side of the road and you're pulling me this way. And, and sometimes we think that the other person's off that side of the road. And sometimes we're right, sometimes we're wrong. Maybe once in a while we need a good lesson on judging one another. Having been trained in a Bible college that was dedicated to the church growth movement, I saw clearly how we had fallen into a ditch. If we consider Ezekiel 37, which Jay brought up a couple weeks ago, where the prophet was told to go to, and I think it was a vision, of course, he was in a valley of dry bones. The prophet was asked, can these bones live? In looking at a couple verses here, I'd like to use the King James because the King James in English offers a little more contrast. He's asked, can these bones live? And he is then told, preach to the bones. In Ezekiel 37, in verse number 8, it says, And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them, and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. Sticking with the Greek, and then of course having to use the Septuagint, the word breathe there is the Greek word pneuma. Pneuma. That word is also found in the New Testament, number of places, but in particular in John chapter 3, which was read this morning, and I so appreciated it, where the Lord Jesus is having a conversation with Nicodemus. In that conversation, in verse number 7, Jesus says, Marvel not that I said unto thee, ye must be born again. In verse 8, he goes on, The wind, the pneuma, bloweth where it listeth, and thou hearest the sound thereof, but canst not tell whence it cometh, and whither it goeth. So every one that is born of the Spirit, the pneuma, the wind, pneuma, the spirit, pneuma, Ezekiel chapter 37, verse 8, there was no breath, no pneuma in them. In verse number 9 of Ezekiel chapter 37, he goes on, Then said he unto me, Prophesy unto the wind, the pneuma, 
prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, the pneuma, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, the pneuma, O breath, and breathe. That's a different word. That's the Greek word emphaseo. Breathe upon these slain that they may live. Emphaseo. Sounds a little bit more like the lungs, right? Emphysema. That word, not found as often, but also found in the New Testament, we find in John chapter 20, in verse number 22, where Jesus, it says, John chapter 20, verse 22, the Bible says, And when He had said this, He breathed emphaseo on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit, the pneuma. The wind's the pneuma, the spirit's the pneuma, the breath is the emphaseo. So what do we have here? We have an illustration in the uh, Old Testament, a vision given to Ezekiel where he is told to preach to the bones. The bones rise up, the bones come together, there's a rattling of the bones. They appear to be alive, they have sinew, they have flesh, but the prophet says there's no life in them. And God says to the prophet, verbally, he hears it, That's an important thing to put into your hermeneutic. God says to the prophet, uh, you need to preach to the wind. You need to preach to the pneuma. He preaches to the wind and then the spirit, the emphaseo, it comes into them. Or the pneuma comes into them. John Gill puts it this way as an application for us today. Ministers must not only preach but they must pray for the Spirit to accompany the Word with His power and make it the savor of life unto life. Hence, sola scriptura, but also solus spiritus. Ladies and gentlemen, the Word and the Spirit. I can affirmatively say that a man can pastor a large church with many dead rattling bones. My my thesis is this. In God's economy, the Word and the Spirit are inseparable. In God's economy, the Word and the Spirit are inseparable. They came together in the incarnate Word. Connie would not come up and write anymore. So, I'm going to have to show her up. (laughs) They came together in the incarnate word. Luke chapter 1, verses 34 and 35. Mary said to the angel, How will this be, since I'm a virgin? And the angel answered her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. Or as John 1.14 puts it, the, do you know? The Word. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. The Spirit and the Word gave us the incarnate Word. At Jesus' baptism, when Jesus was baptized immediately, Matthew chapter 3, verse 16, He went up from the water and behold, the heavens were opened to Him and He saw the 
Spirit of God descending on like a dove and coming to rest on Him. The Spirit and the Word. John chapter 3, verse 34. For He whom God has sent utters the words of God, for He gives the Spirit without measure. The temptation of Christ in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. We can continue and when the Father allows Him to suffer hunger, He's not to withdraw from it. Boy, that's what we want to do, don't we, when the suffering comes? But He must rely on the omnipotent Word of God which can keep Him alive even without bread. You see, Satan, however, tempts him to make bread of stones. None other than Satan tries to drive a wedge between the Spirit and the Word. By the way, when it comes to thinking you're being led of the Spirit to go up into the wilderness for 40 days, I would say, as they do on TV, don't try this at home. Remember, he was given the Spirit without measure. So they come together in the incarnate Word. They come together in the internal Word. Hebrews 10, 15-17 And the Holy Spirit also bears witness to us. For after saying, This is the covenant that I will make with them after those days, declares the Lord, I will put my laws on their hearts and write them on their minds. You recall the story of Nicodemus. Well, of course you do. We read it this morning, didn't we? Jesus says to him, unless one is born of the water and the what? The Spirit. He cannot enter the kingdom of God. Then in verse 10, Jesus asks him, are you a teacher? What was he referring to? Teaching the what? Yeah, the Old Testament. That's right. In other words, the Scriptures. Are you a teacher of the Scriptures and you do not understand these things? So he had the Word, but what was he missing? The Spirit. Later in John chapter 5, Jesus says this, You do not have His Word abiding in you, for you do not believe one whom He has sent. You search the Scriptures because you think that in them you have eternal life, and it is they that bear witness about Me. The Jews had the Word, but they didn't have the Spirit. You see, truth, when we pursue truth, we have to remember, always remember, there's a ditch on both sides. That's why it is so important that we do pursue truth. That's why Steve is always trying to push us when we come up to teach that we spend time in studying the Scriptures. That's why he's always reminding us that sola scriptura is not you and you alone in the woods somewhere thinking, ooh, i got a bright idea. Look what I found here. I've got a Bible um, that I, when I first got saved, man, I was so excited about the Scriptures. Nothing wrong with that. That's why someone said this morning, good heart, all of these types of things. But man, I go back and read that thing. Man, I was a heretic from the word go. Right? Because I, I, so, I was sola scriptura all right. I was so me, so scriptura is what I was, right? Because we have to learn from one another. There's a ditch on both sides of the road. We can get so wrapped up in the Word sometimes 
that we are wrapped up to the exclusion of the Spirit. But watch it. We can get so wrapped up in Spirit to the exclusion of the Word. There's a ditch on both sides. Luther put it this way. The Word comes first, and with the Word, the Spirit breathes upon my heart so that I believe. The Word and the Spirit. 1 Peter 1.23 says, Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that liveth and abideth forever. That is a text that is very often misread. Being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible. If I'm born again of an incorruptible seed... By the Word of God, how many dominoes are in that Scripture? It looks like one domino is hitting another domino. I'm born of an incorruptible seed by the Word of God. You understand my domino picture there? One domino by the Word of God is hitting the incorruptible seed. Most people walk away from there and say that the incorruptible seed is the Word of God. John Gill put it this way, the incorruptible seed and the ever-living and abiding Word are two distinct things. So I'll restate the point. We are born of the Spirit by the Word. But the point is Word and Spirit. In God's economy, they're inseparable. Satan's economy wants to put a wedge in between them. For us, they're together. Can I get an amen? Amen. And we have to be careful about this. And you might think, what in the world is he talking about? Listen, I, I, I hate to say it, but I do know what I'm talking about because I have had them separate in my life. And I've seen good folks try to separate them. The same truth is repeated in Ephesians 5.26 talking about the church having cleansed her... I just told you who the her was. Who's the her? The church. By the washing of the water, Titus 3.5 tells us the water is the Spirit, with the, with the Word. Again, we're born again of the Spirit by the Word. Thirdly, they come together in the instructed Word. In the instructed Word. Think I can pull it off? All eyes. <laughs> Ephesians 4.8 Therefore it says, when He ascended up on high, that's our heavenly high priest, the Lord Jesus, He led a host of captives. That's the elect. We've been set free. And He gave gifts. Gifts of the Spirit to men. Alright, then you see the list there. Apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. So what is it saying there? It's saying that the living Word, that's Jesus, gave gifts of the Spirit to His people so that they might teach the Word to His people. i say that again because I want to hold your attention to this when you're looking at Ephesians 4. It's saying that Jesus gave gifts to His people. Gifts of the... What? Of the who? Gifts of the Spirit so that they might teach the... The what? Come on, I know you're awake. He might 
<laughs> the living word, Jesus, gave gifts of the Spirit to His people so that they might be able to teach them the Word. word. Okay? And <laughs> they might teach them the Spirit. Alright, so the, the, the point is... I don't know what the point is. Alright. But, but, but two chapters later, Paul makes it very clear in Ephesians 6, 17, he says the sword of the Spirit, which is the... Word of God. So, what is, so when the Spirit wants to get the job done, think about this for a second. When the Spirit wants to get the job done, what does the Spirit use? The Word. The Word of God. You can't say, look, look. How many are Trinitarians? Raise your hand. Some of you are like, I don't know now. Am I volunteering to work or what's going on? This is part of us being Trinitarians. Okay, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. All right, in case you. All right, read the, read the London Baptist Confession. You'll get this, all right? 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 20. Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture comes from someone's own interpretation. Now, what does that mean? Knowing this, first of all, that no prophecy of Scripture <coughs> comes from someone's own interpretation. That means that learning Scripture is a Spirit-filled, Scripture-Spirit, <coughs> community task. That is so important. Learning Scripture is a Spirit-filled community task. That's so important. Now, if you ever heard talk to me, you know I like to read, I like to study, I like to learn. That's my high. Okay? So that doesn't make me better than anybody. That's just what makes me tingle. Alright? That's just my thing. My thing. Alright? But it is meaningless if I just do it in a corner. Because God didn't make it my thing to be in a corner. He made it my thing so I could do it with you. And we could feed back off each other and I can listen to you and I can learn from you. Okay? There's no private interpretation. That's not allowed. If it comes from my own will and my own thoughts, then it's... Right? Because me, coming from me, look, these are... Well, they're, they're, they're printed out, the words of God. But these words, these are heavenly words. These are spiritual words. Okay? This thing was... this thing. You know where this brain came from? It came from the domain of Adam. Okay? It's being transformed to the image of Christ, but it ain't there yet. So if, if, if you get my interpretation, Chris Brown's interpretation, and we don't get it from the Spirit, the, 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 the Spirit-filled community, then we're not making headway. Right? Remember um, uh, the hermeneutic circle? Anybody remember me trying to draw pictures up here? Remember? And then I did some shadow puppets. Remember that? No. Hi, how y'all doing? All right. When did he do shadow puppets? Um, the hermeneutic circle. Man, that's so vital. Repentance is so vital. You and I should be repenting regularly. Yes, we should be. Look, uh, Gerald did a thing on, on judging, and I'm trying to get all this in this week so he can have my week next week, and uh, so he can finish that up. That's important. Man, we ought to be hearing that and thinking, mm, yes, ah! 
I got to get that right. Man, I got to get that straight. Right? Right? And then, and then going to the Lord and saying, Lord, I have really been messing that up. This thing of repentance is not something we do. It wasn't something you did when you got saved. It was a habit you started when you got saved. Right? That's why this is a community effort of no private interpretation. This is a Spirit-filled community effort of learning the Scriptures. Yes, God gifted him with a certain ability that is different from mine or yours, and that's just the way it is. And then these musicians, hallelujah, it's not better than one another. It is different so that God creates this orchestra to make this gorgeous, beautiful music that glorifies Him and honors Him. And then as Silas talked about, that that, that shows something gorgeous and beautiful to the world uh, in a beautiful evangelical uh, symphonic whatchamacallit I don't have any more words to describe it but that's what this is about how about uh, going back to the instructed word 2 Timothy 3.16-17 all scripture is breathed out by God theopnitos Nutos. Theop nutos. Given by the inspiration of God is what it means. All Scripture is given by the inspiration of God. The words, the, 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 the Scriptures are not just some helpful things beyond your little personal private space that you got going on. Okay? You know, I got this thing, I got my, I got my thing going. And these little words are helpful. No, these are the words of God that the Spirit of God had placed for us. These are breathed out by God, the inspiration of the Spirit of God. They're profitable for some things. What things? For teaching. We're trying to do that now. For reproof, for correction, for training in righteousness. Why? That the man of God. Who's the man of God? That's the Bible teacher. So that the Bible teacher, that's me this morning, may be complete, equipped for every good work. We listed those already, the good works. Let's restate it then. By the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, we are sanctified. That's what's going on here. Through the, by the Spirit of God, through the Word of God, we are being sanctified. And here's what's beautiful. Here's what's beautiful. You know what this is supposed to be supposed to be happening here? The internal word of God inside of you is always pointing you back at this right here. Right? Who's the incarnate word of God? Come on, talk to me. You're not ashamed of him, are you? Who brought that up this morning? Can you say Lord Jesus? Lord Jesus. Come on now, I know we're not charismatic, but you can say it, can't you now? <laughs> Woo! Man, hey, you can call us, I don't care what you call us. But we can get excited when we say Lord Jesus. Huh? I mean, we don't need an interpreter when we say that, do we? Man, I don't know what's going on. Was that coffee? Honey, double up on the grounds next week. And the instructed Word of God has always got to bring us back to who? Yes, ma'am, whoever said that. Out of the mouths of babes and sucklings. Hallelujah. Alright. Then, lastly... Even though Greg doesn't believe me, he doesn't believe this is a word. You remember what word it is? No. <laughs> I'm glad I'm not alone in this kind of thing. Oh, I, was, I was getting all proud. 
I was getting ready to say, man, I spelled them all right this week. Then I messed up. The inscripturated word of God. Well, you don't think that's a word either? Right, you got a phone in front of you, look it up. And it'll just say, smart people use that word. It sounds funny with the southern accent. All right. I thought that was country. John 6.63 It is the Spirit who gives life, the flesh. Listen to this. Jesus is talking to him. It is the Spirit who gives life. The flesh is no help at all. The words I have spoken to you are Spirit and life. These words are Spirit and life. And life. Why do we continue to look elsewhere? I think that might have been that might have been your point about getting the spirit or the scriptures. I don't know. I could be wrong. I don't want to speak for you, but I am wearing a pistol, so you might want to go along with me. <laughs> hey, the inscripturated word of God. Second Timothy three sixteen again. All scripture is breathed out by God. Second Timothy one again. For no prophecy was ever produced by the will of man. But men spoke from God as they were carried along by the Holy Spirit. 2 Samuel 23.2 The Spirit of the Lord speaks through me. His word is on my tongue. One of my favorite, Hebrews 1, 1 and 2. Long ago, at many times and in many ways, God spoke to our fathers by the prophets. We call that the Old Testament. Verse 2, but in these last days He's spoken to us by His Son. We call that the New Testament. Whom He appointed heir of all things, through whom also He created the world. Now I must stress, we are not letter lovers like the Pharisees. We want to see the face of God as Moses desired to see the face of God. We're not a bunch of weed eaters, right? We're not looking for that. We, we go to the inscripturated Word of God because we want to see Jesus. Right? We're not looking for a bunch of letters. We're not looking to tie each other down. We're looking to set people free because the truth sets us free. And this is where we find that truth. Hebrews chapter 4. An interesting thing, because Hebrews chapter 4 shows us that the Word of God is alive. Right? The letter killeth, it says, but the Hebrews 4 is telling us something quite different. And if you go to verse 13, I don't have it written down here, but verse 13 calls the Word of God a He. He does this, He does that. Listen to verse 12. For the Word of God is living and active. Of course, we know that the sword of the Spirit is the Word of God, so it's living and active, sharper than any two-edged sword, piercing to the division of soul and spirit, of joints and marrow, and the discerning of thoughts and intentions of the heart. Alright, Albert Barnes, what do you have to say about that? He says the Word of God is what God speaks. Whether it be a promise or a threatening, whether it be the law or the gospel, whether it be a simple declaration or a statement of doctrine. The idea here is that what, quote, God had said, end quote, is suited to detect hypocrisy, to lay open the true nature of the feelings of the soul so that there can be no escape for the guilty. His truth 
is adopted to bring out the real feelings to show man exactly what he is. Truth always has this power, whether preached or read or communicated by conversation or impressed upon the memory and conscience by the Holy Spirit. There can be no escape from the penetrating, searching application of the Word of God. That truth has power to show what man is and is like a penetrating sword that lays open the whole man. The Word and the Spirit. Folks, the Bible is the Word of our King. Think about this. He foreknew us and He foreloved us and provided the perfect mixture of wisdom, inspiration, and principled guidance for us to please Him in all things. Just imagine that. Imagine that. You believe you're the elect? So there are no accidents in that Word. There are no accidents. When He chose you, He knew what was in there, and it's there on purpose. Notice His methodology in giving us His Word. John chapter 16. He says, I still have many things to say to you. Who's He talking to? Help me with that. Apostles. So this is a very specific. This is not a generic talk. He says then, but you cannot bear them now. When the Spirit of truth comes, He will guide you. Who's He talking to? The Apostles. He says, He will guide you, I love this, into all the truth. That means that our Bibles are all the truth. I love that. I love that. Man, you know how much time you're wasting in the Word? Zero. Uh uh. Nada. Ain't a bit. You're getting it done. Hallelujah! Right? I mean, you're getting with it. You ain't messing up at all. You are tearing it up. You're whipping that thing. I'm trying to think of more ways to say it. I mean, you are getting with it when you're in the book. Think about that. Man, there's the theology thing. I'm getting... we, I, we were at Tuesday nights, man. We're going through that. I'm going to tell you what. Going through the London Baptist Confession is boring. <laughs> Am I right? How many of you guys agree with that that have been out there? It is. Why do you think we have, ta- why do you think we have tacos? <laughs> I mean, it's dull. All right, who wants to need to re- read the next verse? I mean, it is dull, right? I mean, it's good to have... Jay White's not there. I was going to pick on him about being a drunk out there. But <laughs> he, he's not. He's not. It's me. Uh, but, I mean, it's dull. And I, I was mentioning that. Let's see who picked me up. Oh, Gary, the filmmaker, picked me up this past week. I said, Gary, do you know a more exciting way to do this? He said, uh-uh. <laughs> and I said, but everything's not meant to be a roller coaster ride. We just got to get through it. We need to do it. But, truth, but, but you know what? We are getting with it. We are. This is, the, this is the very words of God. The eternal Creator who knows me up and down, inside and out. 
He put those words, every single solitary one, right there because He knew exactly what the naughty-headed Atlanta boy, Chris Brown, needed. And he, and let me tell you how smart he is. He knew what you needed too, and he could work all that out. He could synchronize that whole thing and put it in one book. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Google's supercomputer and that new AI they got coming out that is supposedly a feeling emotion now. Have you heard of that? It now is expressing emotion. They got nothing on the Lord Jesus. All right, we got to get back to the script, the scripture. Okay, it says, uh, let's see, when the Spirit comes, He will guide you into all truth. That means our Bibles are all truth. For it, I, boy, this gets really good. Can somebody, I need three song books. If that would be, yeah, three song books would be good. If somebody can, uh, don't, not every, don't everybody jump at once. Just three song books. Right there, yeah, that'd be good. Three, you have th- we got one. That's good. Yeah, that's one. No, you got, that's one. I need you to have three. <laughs> yeah, right there. That'd be good. Okay, that'd be good. That'd be good. That'd be good. And Kaler's there, and uh, Robert will help too. Okay, now just hold on to him for me, brother, if you would. Thank you. Listen, listen to what he says. When the Spirit of Truth comes, He will guide you into all truth, for He will not speak on His own authority. That the, the, doctrinally, listen, listen. Pneumatology. What was pneuma? Do you remember the word pneuma? The Spirit, the wind. So we're talking about the Holy Spirit here. Pneumatology is your doctrine of the Spirit. Christology is your doctrine of Christ. Now, all that means is, those are just big words that give us shortcuts. This is important though. What you, you understand about Christ has got to come from the Bible. Okay? It can't come from the Mormons. And what you understand about the Holy Spirit has got to come from the Bible. It can't come from here. Lord, you don't want it to come from this here. Because this thing, this thing grew up on Disney. Alright? And my whole life I've been hoping for magic to happen real quick to get me out of my troubles. I'm not kidding you. That's what Disney taught me. I've been waiting for some spoof of dust to fix everything. Okay, I had to learn the hard way. It just doesn't work that way. Alright, so what I believe about the Holy Spirit, and, and I'm going to tell you what, it, it can't come from the Mormons either. Boy, they, whew. The Mormon, the, the Mormon doctrine of the Holy Spirit has influenced Christianity more than you realize. Most Christians believe more regarding the Holy Spirit like Mormons than they do the Scripture. I'm telling you, if you ever, if you just would take a little time and see what the Mormons believe and then think about, oh, you'd blow your mind. I had to do a lot of repenting. Anyway, for He will not speak on His own authority. So think clearly with me now. How often do we want the Spirit to speak on His own authority? Boy, that's, that's something we've got to really think about. But now, we're given a great illustration. How often did the Jews want Jesus to speak on His own authority? They constantly wanted Him to, didn't they? The Jews were constantly challenging Him. Watch. But Jesus was always quick to say, I cannot do anything on My own. John 5.30 Right? Who was he always pointing to that he was submissive to? Always. Always submissive to the Father. Jesus goes on and says, but whatever he hears, he will speak. So watch this. The Spirit submissively dictated and the apostles submissively wrote. He goes on. Jesus says, and he will declare to you the things that are to come. So when you read that, just think. 1 Corinthians 15. Right? 
That's, that's uh, eschatological, prophetic. First and Second Thessalonians, Second Peter, the book of Revelation, uh, Matthew chapter 24, these things that speak of future from His time. Verse 14, Jesus says, He, speaking of the Spirit, will glorify Me. Talking about Jesus. For He will take what is Mine and declare it unto you. So don't miss this. Christ's Word and the Spirit's Word are inseparable. Why? Because what will the Spirit declare? His own Word or Christ's Word? Okay? They're inseparable. They work in tandem. But And we'll get to the next verse, but you already know the answer. What Word did Christ declare? His own Word or the Father's? Yeah. So, all of this is Trinitarian. And what to find when we derive our doctrine of the Spirit or of Christ from outside of Christianity, we cease to be Trinitarian. So come up here if you would, God the Father, and stand right over there. Come up, come up here, Lord, Lord Jesus. Just go there. You stand right there. Uh, Robert, would you do you help, sir? You're going to be the Holy Spirit. You're going to stand. Guess where you're going to stand? You're going to stand right here. All right. So, so he says here. I have the lesser. <laughs> you're fine. You're fine. I know it's hard not to almost blaspheme. I know it's so. But you're fine. We know that is not your heart. He, you're speaking, will glorify me. For he will take what is mine. All right. So give him a songbook if you would, sir. He will take what is mine and declare it to you. So you're going to take what is His and declare it unto... I'm going to be an apostle. That's what I was really trying to get at right there. You see. Um, now I have to be martyred. Who wants to volunteer to do that? I, I knew you'd be right on that. I'm trying to think. Who, who, is, that? who, is, who is the one uh, 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 Fred Sanford was always going after? You and Esther, that's who you are. <laughs> anyway, sorry. Okay, so you would declare it. But wait a minute, wait a minute. Where did, where did you get this? You got that from him. And where did you get it? You got it from him. See? And that's how the whole thing works. So now spread them all out if you would. Let's see if we can, we can work through this. Let's see if we can work through this. Now you're, you're fine holding on to it. So this is your salvation, right? Because because where are you trying to get to? Where you the whole time you've been trying to get to God the Father, and this is how you got to God the Father. He called you, right? That's how you got saved. He called you in an effectual calling, regenerated you, right? That's why you put your faith in Christ, and by through Christ you got to God the Father, didn't you? Right? Because this is you know why this is Trinitarian, right? Because it's perfect unity. They never disagree, right? If, if, if you know what, if you, okay, now you hand me that. All right, so now I've got the scriptures, okay? Whatever this says, they all agree on. He's not going to disagree. Do you know why? Because he got it from him. And you know why? Because he got it from him. Can I get an amen? amen. There is no differentiation. There can't be. If there's any different, and, and, and I'm coming from my own past here, all right? We, we got so, on one side of that thing, so badly in the church growth movement that we had a bunch of dead rattling bones running running around because we were so interested in numbers 
and we were dragging everything that we could get to come in in order to reach some kind of goals and have some kind of popularity and we could publish numbers of money numbers and uh, fame and fortune and all that, buildings, our buildings, everything going up, all of that. We'd gotten so far on the one end of it, and I would say we were on this end of it, we'd gotten so far on that end of it that unbeknownst to us, unbeknownst to us, we were... This is Sola Scriptura. We were... Div- Come on, man. You, you, good, man. Mike, you're strong. <laughs> we were outside the economy of God. And our doctrine... Now, you can't separate the Trinity. But our doctrine was a division of the Trinity. It really was. I mean, we, we had no idea what we were doing, but our doctrine was blasphemous. It really was. We had no... We never got up and said any of this. But we've all said things and done things and we look back on them and we go, man, I'm ashamed. Right? So that's why this is important. Right? You guys can sit down. I appreciate your help. Verse 15. All that the Father has is mine. Therefore I said... He will take what is mine and declare it to you. There's only one problem with the Bible. This book does not contain the perfect mixture of inspiration and guidance for us to please ourselves. And that is what leads us to look elsewhere. It is only the words of the Spirit of Truth given to a humble, Spirit-filled community as promised by our Lord that leads to life. And instinctively we know this, don't we? And we celebrate it every week. The Word of God is the bread. Go ahead and pull that up if you would. The Word of God is the bread. Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Moses gave you not that bread from heaven, but my Father giveth you the true bread of heaven. And the Spirit is the wine. Ephesians 5.18 Be not drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with thee. So even in the Lord's table, we find the inseparable duo that is so necessary to keep us on the straight and narrow. The Word and Spirit. The bread and the wine. So I'm going to pray and then invite the heads of the family to come up, get what they need for their families. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for your love and graciousness toward us. Unbelievable how you in the eternal council came together, Father, Son, and Spirit, and laid it all out for us Perfect love. Perfect love in an eternal community. And then you decided you would share that perfect love in that perfect community with us. And then you would invite us into that community. Thank you. Now we come to this supper and the extended. We thank you for all of it. We love you. 
Thank You for the great sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. Amen. This message was produced by the New Testament Reformation Fellowship, reforming today's church with New Testament church practices. Permission is hereby granted for you to reproduce this message. You can find us on the web at www.ntrf.org. May God bless you as you seek to follow Him in complete obedience to His Word. May your faith in the Lord Jesus be strengthened and your daily walk with Him deepened.